everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hustle Podcast. Yes, thank you so much. We do have a request though before we get started. If you have found our content to be entertaining or helpful, would you consider leaving us a review on iTunes? Those five-star reviews really help to make sure that our content gets out there and that our show continues to grow. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Pierce the Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando, and this is episode 321. Yeah, episode 321, an update episode. And I feel like it's been a while since we've done an it, update it episode. It does. And, and the reason being two things. I think we're both super busy. Yeah. You've been traveling. I have been traveling, but I've been in the trenches of reselling and and Christmas festivities and Thanksgiving and all that. And then, yeah, and then we pre-recorded like our Thanksgiving episode. Yeah. So we didn't see each other for like a week or so. That's true. Hopefully everybody had a, uh, a good Thanksgiving, a good, uh, good Black Friday, good Cyber Monday, you know, all those, all those fun times for all of us who They're are not are fun like they things. used to be though yeah i know like i miss i miss the lining up i miss the crowds i miss the hustle things are different but i mean who knows maybe we'll look back one day because you know how like our last monday episode we talked about the like why now is a good time to start reselling even though like the economy is bad and all these things like there's reasons why it's like okay sales are down so like i wouldn't tell somebody like you're gonna make more money now reselling than you ever have but all of like the benefits all the tools that we have all those things and who knows we might look back one day and be like remember like the black friday like we used to think that was good reselling now it's so much easier that we can just source online like who knows like, we might look back and say like that was the day when we were like that was like before you had cell phones and you had to go and source and look like those are the old days the ogs had to line up at outside of walmart on Thanksgiving night, if they wanted to make some money, those are crazy times for sure. Even reselling, those are crazy times. So, so there's there's a lot to talk about. Uh, there's you know we got some current topics to talk about. We have our bolos that we usually share, and so uh, I'll start us off, I guess, on the updates. Uh, I never went to San Francisco. I was planning on going, but I just got swamped with work here. And I kind of wasn't, I was going to end up going and it was going to be a quick 16 hours of being in a car in a 48 hour period. And I kind of wasn't looking forward to that. You know, obviously I would have to sleep sometime there. So it wasn't, I don't know. I, I really wanted to go hang out. My, my friend, a friend of mine had a bunch of inventory he wanted me to pick up and I kind of just got swamped and I had to, I had to say no. And, and that's how Q4 is sometimes, you know, I always tell people like you, you got to be all in on Q4. There's no better time. And this year is weird for me. And it's weird because I'm not doing Amazon. Yeah, I, I noticed that like with you this year, you, you didn't do the rent the van and go yes. crazy. Now, I wonder how much of that, because I think I think the feeling we have and a lot of people have is the profit just isn't there this year. Like it used to be doing those things going hardcore. But I wonder if that's just in some ways that that we're that's just our attitude about it. Yeah, so we're, we, it's self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. Whereas like the people who are out there doing it, like maybe they'll be like, this was actually a really good year. So, I mean, it's hard to say. So I I go back and forth. I can't tell you. I'm so tempted to just go out and, and just get a van and just go wild. But I got to tell you, I did that last year. I did my research and I looked, but last year it just didn't go well. It wasn't like 2020. And I'll talk about that uh, later on in the reselling topics. But it's just a different vibe. Now, the hard thing is for every person that says things are slow, there's somebody else that says, oh, sales have been the best they've ever been. Mm -hmm. Right now, I will say lately, I've seen a lot of YouTubers like not not just, you know, like YouTubers like us. I'm talking about like, you know, 100K subscribers, 
talking about things that have been really slow that they can't even uh, sell stuff that's at major discount. And so I, I see that. I'm like, okay, on the eBay side, I can see that. On the Amazon side, there's still the hot items that people are looking for. Uh, but it's just it's it's just a different feel. I don't I don't see it on social media. There's not this huge boasting. Everybody's like, oh, I sold 100 units here. I made this. Everybody's showing their 90 day numbers and so on. So I do think things have slowed down, but I, I, I'm not going to lie. There's been times I, I'm thinking, hey, did I miss out? And uh, we'll find out here pretty soon. We're not at the peak of Q4 yet. We're just at the cusp. And so I, I will say, you know, probably in our next update episode, we'll have a better feeling about how things actually are going and, and where we was I wrong. I, Mike wasn't saying much. I was the one pulling all the predictions that retail arbitrage is going to be rough, that, you know, people are going to be looking more to secondary items and stuff like that. Now, I haven't had any major home runs like my sales came back, but it, I'm working harder than I've ever worked in reselling. So pretty much all the items that I'm selling are twenty to forty dollar items. News I'm used to probably selling you know a couple hundred dollar items a day, and then I get all these little smaller sales that come in, and it helps me hit my daily average that I, that I'm looking for. But uh, the home runs have been you know every one one out of every four days, every five days, and they've been home runs. I mean they've been great, and they've def definitely helped. Uh, but it's just it's all these smaller sales and, and maybe it's cause people are trying to stretch the, the dollar, you know, during this time. Yeah. We kind of talked about that already that, that we think, I mean, the, the collectible market and all of those things, there's going to be a huge dip in that. And, you know, reselling might turn into more of a grind for a year or two as people are trying to save money. They're not looking for, you know, things that are going to be several hundred dollars for something that they're just going to put up on their wall. Cause it's a collector piece from a toy they had when they were a kid as opposed to, you know, I want some more work boots or things like that, that, mm -hmm. you know, people are looking to save some money. So the, the ability to resell is still going to be there, but we, yeah, we might have to switch to like a bread and butter. Yeah. And mentality. I'm still selling collectibles. They're just not hundred, two hundred $200 collectibles. I've had, a, I have had many of those, but not like I'm used to during a Q4. Now, again, I say this as you're listening to this, it's November 30th, right? It's not December yet. And usually the peak of Q4 is the first two full weeks of December. So, you know, verdict is still out there. And, uh, you know, I think I think it's been good for me because I've been able to enjoy the holidays. For, I know that sounds strange, but the, I know that shouldn't sound... See, it sounds strange that I feel that it sounds strange. Yeah, that, that, that might... That's some kind of introspection you need to do there. Kind of look and see like, what's the priorities been? But the now? last three years, I've been in that van. Yeah. I've been traveling. I've been in hotels. I've missed a ton of like festivities for for Christmas and Thanksgiving. And I mean, you've been coming over. I mean, not this year because I was traveling, but you'd come over to my place mm -hmm. for Thanksgiving mm -hmm. pretty much every year. And and yeah, a lot of times it's like, I can stop by for a little bit, but then I got to go shopping. Yeah. And, and this year there was none of that. Yeah. There was none of that. And I, I ended up going to another friend's uh House and, and I'll share about that because that was an interesting reselling experience when I was there. But yeah, there was none of that. There wasn't like I need to get back and I need to go hustle. I need I need to go to the stores. Uh, and what I'm finding right now is that my last Q4 items are selling, which is a good thing. I want them sold. Uh, but I'm also finding that wholesalers are killing the market as far as on Amazon because you know, if you're a wholesaler, right, you generally, you're not looking to get, you know, 3x in your money, 5x, you just want 10 to 15%. And so there's a lot of items out there, even in the toy category that wholesalers somehow are able to get their hands on, 
and they're just looking for those low margins. And so you could have a pr- big price cap that something that I remember selling for $199.99 last Q4, this Q4, that wholesaler is selling it for like $101.78 and then Amazon's at you know $102. And then the next price after is like $175. Yeah. That's inter- it's interesting cuz the the way I look at it the the wholesale I, I, doing that being able to to knock the prices down. I think even Bezos made a comment I saw on a thread somewhere where he's like don't buy TVs now oh, like the prices oh are we? Yeah. So, you know, the prices of things are just going to keep going down in certain categories because places I feel like it's the catch up from the supply chain crisis. And these places have tons of inventory. They're trying to meet their metrics short term. So that way stocks go up and they don't like crash their company. They're kind of trying to like steal time as it were. But um, and and this is we're recording a couple days earlier than Wednesday. So maybe things have already changed by the time this episode drops. But um, the there's potential of more supply chain issues because of some stuff going on in China right now. Right. So there's there's some there's a proto-revolution happening yeah i mean who knows exactly what's going on but i mean the fact that there's there's protests and things like that could lead to more supply chain issues i mean the the dow as of monday uh dropped like 500 points on closing just from fear of supply Mm -hmm. chain issues so it we're almost might have this weird roller coaster of the supply chain was really bad during 2020 2021 and so you could get top dollars for things Mm -hmm. and then it's almost like everything caught up and all these warehouses are just overstocked with the inventory that's been sitting for months and years and they're trying to like offload it and like get things moving and then now if all of a sudden there's a crunch again it's like we might go to skyrocketed prices so it's like who knows what's going to happen that's true because the latest trends i've been i've been reading is that the best sales of all time will happen after Christmas. Because now there's such an influx of abundance of inventory. I mean, Black Friday sales have been happening since like October. Yeah. And one part of that is, I, again, they're, I feel like they're trying to steal, borrow time, right? If they can show, mm-hmm. hey, look, we've we've been selling this much. We're in the we're in the, the black really good even before. We're trying to look at how our sales are doing. It's not down as much as we thought they'd be down. Well, it's because you've been selling everything Black Friday sales for the last two months. Yeah. And so, and so now there's now they've been doing these Black Friday sales, but they still have this gluttony of inventory. Imagine the sales that are going to happen after Christmas. Yeah, it's going to be wild. At least that's what I'm reading. Now, I want to get more into the trenches, into the on ground. So garage sales. I didn't go after Black Friday. I decided to spend time with family. I, I also couldn't move after playing flag football for a little while. It was I was bad. All right. Nice. And um I, I've been trying to get local deals, but I'm finding that right now people are trying to get top dollar for their local deals. Like mm-hmm. it, something switched. And so luckily I, I have plenty of inventory. I probably, we've mentioned this on the show, probably have at least 300 items I can list without ever sourcing. So I've just been focusing on that. And so it's been great. It's been great because even though the sales haven't been where they need to be, the cost has been super low. So it's kind of balanced itself out. Now, it, I don't think... I can go on like this probably more than six months. Mm. I think if it's June and we're still in this, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I've said this. I said this in January and I, and I remember in January saying this will be the year that will trust it will trust will test true resellers. And not only that, it's going to be the year where we're going to have to adapt and we're going to have to figure things out. And so I know a lot of you are doing well. And I know a lot of you are on board with me right now going, yeah, Orlando, I'm not sure how much longer we can kind of, you know, 
keep you know boarding up boarding up the windows before everything just rushes in and where you have to figure things out so all right how are things for you yeah i mean pretty good same thing uh holiday season you, as a reseller you've got a you've got a, a fine line you got to walk right do i do i go harder and resell because now is the time to make money and so if you're full-time i definitely understand the like i need to go big on you know around thanksgiving and christmas and you know maybe make time for a couple days here and there um but i'm at a place luckily part-time where i can i can slow down a little bit mm-hmm. but the nice thing is even slowing down my sales have upticked right so even though i'm not sourcing and listing as hard there has been a slight uptick i wouldn't call it like drastic but i've been selling some random things that it's like oh yeah like these are probably some christmas presents and things yeah, like q4 that q4 sales yeah q4 sales. i mean to give you an example i have a i, I just sold a, a dora the explorer cd player like uh, like a walkman style cd player the headphones sealed in package and i sold it for like almost $50. I think I paid a couple bucks for it at a garage sale. No, somebody didn't open it, but I think like, Oh, people are still watching. That's Dora the Explorer, I guess. But yeah, it's Q4 sale. And, and I know that as it's going out, like, Hey, some grandma or mom or somebody's buying this for a, a little girl who's like store the Explorer and how cool, even though they'd probably be like, what's a CD player. Think about how cool that is. Like when we were kids, right. And then we kind of grew out of stuff and we saw something that we reminisce about. There is no way we could ever buy that item, mm. right? Once it's gone, it's gone. That's why the vintage toy market is still hot because people want those items. But you know, Dora the Explorer was at what twenty? That was like two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yeah, something like that. And the fact know. that those toys are around and that you made somebody's Christmas. That's right. I made somebody's Christmas. So uh, yeah, I mean, so there's been a, a slight uptick in, in sales like that, which has been nice. Um, overall, it it's just been. It's just been kind of the bread and butter for the most part mm-hmm. within the random. Um, I've mentioned a couple episodes ago that I've been selling pretty good with those AT&T signs and they're still selling. Like it's weird. It's like, and I, I did the research like, okay, when were they selling last year? And it was right around Christmas time. So it must be something people are getting for presents yeah. for people like these AT&T long distance, like they're like actual signs that would have been in the store. And so I, I'm seeing like those sales come through, but I've also had a handful of um, like clothes pants like not vintage market stuff but just like pants boots shoes things that people need and so there is kind of a nice balance of the q4 sales on top of you know people trying to get those bread and butter items that they need uh for just their work their life and they're trying to get it at a discounted price which i think is showing me that you know we are moving in that direction where people are going to be trying to save money where they can there uh, most of my sourcing recently has been on offer up I've been doing most of my sourcing on offer up mostly because Saturday mornings have been kind of um, prime for me with like family events and things going on. My son has had soccer. He just finished his soccer season. And it was one of those things where I was like, oh, he's just a little kid. I'll go to a couple games and I'll miss the rest of them. No big deal because it's just beehive soccer at at four years old. And I'm like, man, I can't miss those soccer games. No, but it's your kid. It's a thing, man. I mean, you got to be careful. You're not living the dream through your kid. Right. But there's something about seeing your child like playing sports. Yeah. I mean, it's just cool because it's something he's worked hard for and he's excited and he gets a good kick and he looks to, at me and does a thumbs up. And so, you know, it, what that led to was like shorter local garage sale days instead yeah. of like, Hey, I'm going to go for four hours early in the morning and I'll travel all over the County to, yeah, are there any garage sales in my neighborhood? I'll go for an hour and a half and then I'll be at the, the soccer game. So that's ended. So I think I'm going to have a little bit more free time but it's been nice to be doing kind of offer up sales. And I'll talk about one of the the bolos when we get to bolos of things I've been kind of looking for an offer up uh, just because sometimes you stumble into things. Uh, you stumble into things that, that have resale value when you're looking for things to buy yourself. And I think mm. one of the things that has 
it's such an easy piece of advice, but it's so true. Like if you're trying to figure out what business to start, like I want to start a business. How do I, what should I start? Well, the easy thing to do is what's a need people have. Can I fulfill that need? Make money doing it, right? Well, people need, you know, lighting for their events outside. Okay. Can I start a company where I, you know, buy and buy a bunch of lights and rent them out and set lights up for people at events or whatever? Like all you got to figure out is what is it people in my area need? And so one of the things you can do is that exact thing for reselling is what am I willing to spend money on? And where am I willing to say, I wonder if it's cheaper on eBay. Mm. I wonder if it's cheaper on OfferUp. And if I'm looking for those things on OfferUp and eBay, that means other people are too. Yeah. Right. So that's an easy way to say like, Hey, I didn't know I'd be in this market, but you know, I was looking for this for myself and oh my goodness. And then that can lead you down a rabbit trail of other similar things that people are looking for. And that's the best way of doing it as opposed to just, you know, looking at something. I mean, there is something to be said about going into a thrift store or going to a garage sale and just looking up every item, but that's hit or miss, right? Like it's great when you find the like, oh my goodness, this random thermostat, you know, sells for a ton of money. But if it's something you're looking up, you're doing some home repair and you're like, man, I need a certain type of, you know, a tool or a certain thing. I wonder if it's on eBay or offer up. And then you realize, hey, this might be something I should be sourcing. And you can't like target source garage sales like that. I mean, you've got the guys who are like Legos, any Legos. But the easier way to do yeah. it is, you know, eBay, um, just do some eBay to eBay sourcing or look things up on offer up, look things up on Facebook Marketplace. And uh, when you find the things that you're looking for and you would spend money on, it's an easy in. So if you're ever like, what should I sell? I can't think of what to sell. Well, what do you need? What do you want to buy? Buy one for you at a discounted price. Try and see if you can buy some other ones at a sweet deal and then flip the rest. Yeah. And now the other side of that is maybe you don't want to be the you don't want yourself to be the buyer. Like, right. Because it's funny, uh, you know, people all the time. And again, I'm not knocking. It, I think it's great. And, you know, even our own discord, we're doing this where people are buying from each other's stores, you know, right? Because it's, it's the holidays and trying to you just help each other out. But, you know, I, I always tell people, like, you never want to buy from my store because I'm not going to give this. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like on Instagram all the time. People see something that that they like and they're like, hey, how much, you know, are you willing to sell that for? And I'll I'll just sell them top dollar because I still I still need to make that profit. And, I you know, some people are like, oh, never mind. And other people are like, yeah, that's fine. You know, it, it's fair that that's what you're going to sell to anybody else. And so what, what I mean by that is the target sourcing is great. Like it definitely cuts down your time uh, in the sense that, you know, if you know, if you've been reselling, like for myself, I've been reselling for a while now. I mean, a while being, you know, 10 years in the reselling space, uh, but that's pretty, you know, not many people make it 10 years uh, or even five years full time. I, I know like there's like 10 items that I that most people don't know about that I have saved on my offer up search and I look for those items consistently. Mm. Right. But there's also like you've mentioned before, too, like you can be too narrow and you're just thinking about what I want when it's actually what's going to make you money is what other people want. Something you might never care for. You'll never you're never going to drop two hundred dollars on this or three hundred dollars on that. You know, how many times have we sold items that were good money that probably would have been good for us to keep, but we're like, eh, we don't care. Yeah. And that's the best way of thinking about it is if I have, if you source an item, say you sourced it for a dollar and you're like, sweet, I could sell this for a hundred bucks. Oh, I should keep it. Well, you could, you can keep it. Um, or you could say, would I take a hundred dollars out of my bank account right now mm -hmm, and pay for mm -hmm. that? Right. And, and that's a good way of thinking about it. Cause even though you have it, if you could sell it for that much, it's the cost benefit analysis, right? What is this going to cost me to keep? Well, it's going to cost me the hundred dollars in profit. So um, yeah, there's definitely times where I buy things that, that I'm sourcing. And usually with the stuff that I keep that I source, like from garage sales and, mm -hmm. and things like that, are stuff that I wouldn't be able to flip for high value. 
but it's still a deal. Like sometimes that happens. Like sometimes you find a really good deal where it's like, Hey, I'm able to buy this thing for 10 bucks and they normally sell for a hundred dollars new. And I, I could definitely use this. Uh, but then you go on to eBay and either one, the item's too big to ship or it's too much of a hassle or they sell for 60 bucks on eBay. But by the time you do all the, the shipping and all that, you're only going to make 15, 20 bucks on it. And you're like, yeah, at that price, the cost benefit analysis, I'd keep this for 20 bucks. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I have some Jordans I won't give up that I probably could make good money. Do on. you wear them? Yeah, I wear them on special occasions. I'm a sandals guy all day, but sometimes I wear my Jordans. All right. Now, uh, before we move on, uh, if you have not been checking out American Bubble Boy lately, there have been some great deals. Uh, Small Business Saturday recently passed, and it was great. Joel was setting up all kinds of deals. They had, uh, you can get extra bubble bucks. There was the bubble wrap for $29.99, which I got too late. Like I shared with everybody. And then when I went to go get it, it was already too late. Uh, there was like a mystery item. Let us know if you got one of the mystery items. I want to know what they were giving away. And then they also had deals on Insipex. So it was great. And I'm pretty sure there's going to be more promos like that. So if you're not following American Bubble Boy, make sure to follow them on, on Instagram. Make sure to follow us because obviously if we find out, we want to share it with the community and the Discord we share. And, uh, you know, obviously if you just need stuff now or at any time, go to the link below and use our link. It helps us out, helps you out. And you get great quality products uh, pretty fast. I mean, even during this Q4, the next day shipping has kicked in when I needed that bubble wrap pretty quick. So check them out. Uh, see our link below. Are there any random stories? Uh, yeah, this one I think um, is interesting because I sold one of the kind of quote unquote bread and butter items I sold uh, was a pair of Doc Martens, which are nice. It, those are still decent to source, but these have been sitting for a while. And it's kind of an interesting story that it's sold and I spent probably an hour looking through my totes because for That's whatever reason worst. it wasn't labeled. And I think something glitched on eBay because I know right. there has to be with the custom SKUs. Cause my wife and I spent an evening one day and we just went through yeah, all of our shoes. Yeah. And we, we went through all of our <clears throat> shoes and we made sure we tagged them. We put them in totes. We labeled the totes. We put custom SKUs in. there wasn't a, a single pair of shoes we had that wasn't, didn't have a custom SKU. For whatever reason, these didn't have custom SKUs. So I'm looking through totes, looking through totes. I can't find them. I do find a pair of Doc Martens. I think it's them. I bring them in to my wife and she's like, no, they, they're wingtips. I'm like, oh, dang. So I go back out and I look more. And then I see on top of one of my bins a uh, a priority mail uh, oh, bag thing that's okay. already sealed up with some eBay tape on it. I'm like, what is this? Was this a return? I'm looking at it. There's no label on it. So I open it. I cut it open and I, I pull it out and it's the Doc Martens. And I totally forgot that like six months ago, the Doc Martin sold, but the person didn't pay. But I pre-packed oh, them. Okay. Yeah, so I pre-packed them because I was like, eBay, you know, I hope you're listening. Why is that? Because eBay doesn't understand w- the problems that happen when people don't pay for their items. Yeah, I mean, part of that's my problem. I mean, I think part of it was we were moving and all kinds of stuff. So I yeah, wasn't... but it affects your time. It does, but it's my fault for not getting that inventory back no, where no, it belongs. On that side, yes, that's your fault. But on the other end... Right. You had you probably had something to go to. Right. And you're 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 saying, hey, I'm going to go to the post office at four o'clock today. I better pack this because I need to go, you know, to my son's soccer game, whatever. And you take care of all that. And then they never paid or or, or maybe they pay. And it's like, at you know, whatever, it's at three something. Right. You're already at your your son's soccer game. You have your cutoff time, I don't know, for 4 p.m. And now it's going to be late. Because that person didn't pay on time. Right. It's just it's just silly stuff like that. And then I would say I, I'm going to blame eBay on that because at the same time, 
you now have you have to go put it back. You have to, you know, take it out of the packaging. You have to do you did your due diligence to make sure that item got out on time. And now you have to unpack everything. You have to go find where it was stored and you have to store it again. Yeah. I mean, fair enough. Um it, it's it's frustrating for sure. Um luckily it's not every every item, but it does happen. Well, the story gets worse. So oh, okay. I, I get the item, I get the shoes, and I ship them out, and it gets to the person. And we're on vacation when it gets to them and we get a message. We're actually driving at the time. And the person's message was, the soul is coming apart on this. This wasn't in the pictures. And it was just a message. I'm like, oh, oh no. Yeah. And so they showed a picture and like, they were like pulling their fingers and like pulling like a little like crease and like, or like a, it, it, I guess, right? Are fingernails so, clean? I don't know. Okay. So it's, I'm like, whatever. At this point, what can I do? So I was in a tough place because normally our go-to like um, suggestion if somebody asks for a refund or a return is to is or if they complain about an item, it's typically what it starts with, is to say, I'm sorry, you're unhappy with it. You're welcome to send it back for a refund. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't have free returns on a situation like this. It was like, okay, they were ripped or something. All right. They're they're saying they were damaged when they got there, which I didn't see it when I packed them, but or when I took pictures. So I think they were probably fine, but maybe they weren't. Maybe there was something I missed. So Here's my fear, though. All they did was send the message. Now, if I were to do that, they set the the return that they want to return. They're going to select the reason, and mm. they might do item not as described. Yeah. And so our message back to them was immediately as soon as I could. I told my wife, All right, message them back, say I'm sorry that it arrived damaged. You know, we don't want to take yeah. blame for it. That's another tip: is is don't don't admit fault, right? Well, because you don't know. I don't know. Sorry. So the easy thing was not to say, I'm sorry that I didn't catch that before I sent it, but rather to say, I'm sorry it was it arrived damaged because then you're not taking the blame, but you're also not calling them a liar. Correct. Right. Correct. So I said, sorry, it arrived damaged. We're tr- currently traveling. We'll refund you as soon as we arrive at our destination. And then I had to pull up Seller Hub because there's no easy way to refund on the app. At least we couldn't figure out how to do Why it. Why is that? It's so annoying. So we we I pulled up on the Seller Hub. I did the refund. I, I told them to keep it. I didn't want them to send it back to me because what am I going to do? Like charge them or pay 15, 20 bucks to have those shoes shipped back just yeah. for me to throw them away. But the reason I didn't do the normal, you're welcome to send it back because that's a good thing to do because a lot of times they'll say, oh, I'll just keep them or they never end up sending them back and you end up keeping the money. Mm-hmm. But because I have not been selling through as many items as I have in the past, specifically shoes, like I used to sell tons and tons of shoes. So if I had an occasional, you know, defect as it were on a pair of shoes Mm. no big deal but i'm like if this comes back as an inad because i have not been selling as many items on ebay it's going to impact me much more Mm -hmm. percentage wise right like if you sell 10 items and one of them's an inad that's 10 percent of your your Mm -hmm. sales are inad whereas if you're selling 100 items and one of them's an inad all right that's one percent not as big of a deal it's not going to impact you And, and ebay does have a thing set up where in each category if you have too many defects that category the fees go up yep and so I'm like, it's worth it to me just to refund them. So the nice thing was I was able to select the reason, which was, you know, other whatever I put in there other adjustments. and other adjustments. That's right. And so it doesn't it's not going to be a defect on me. Right. And so sometimes it's worth eating the cost. I ate a $50 potential profit. I probably paid five bucks for those shoes, paid, you know, $15 to ship them out. So I lost 20 bucks. But to me, it was worth losing the $20 than to risk an INAD when my numbers are so low right now. Mm-hmm. So you gotta, you, you, gotta, you gotta balance that out. Yeah, I, I don't think a lot of people talk about that, that sometimes you're better off losing that 50 because you're talking about hundreds, maybe even thousands 
right? That you may never know. Run. Right. You may never know. So, all right, all yeah. right. What about you? So it was, it was interesting. I I sold the old like Lionel trains. Uh, I think it was maybe pre-war. I don't know. It was old. And it was rusted to the core, like patina. It was like, I, I, it's interesting because I bought a bunch of these at a garage sale. And I'm just like, there's no way people would buy these. Like, they're so rusted. Like, what do you do with these? But they sell. I mean, at least $20. I've sold some for $50 and they're just rusted through and through. And so I sold one. And, you know, I, I even the listing, I said, uh, extreme wear, rust, patina everywhere. Please see pictures. Right. I took all 24. No, I didn't take 24 pictures. So I, I you know, I, I put that on there and, you know, I sold and I shipped it out and everything was fine. And I get instantly the day or not the day arrive a few days later, I'm looking and I'm like, I have a 99.9% feedback. Like what's going on? I look, there's a feedback. It says bad seller. Like it, nothing it doesn't say why it doesn't say what happened. Just said bad seller. Now, Mike and I always talk about keeping your cool. So at that time, I'm just like pretty upset. Like I want to post this on social media, put this person on blast, or maybe I'll put it on Discord and put this person on blast. Because I went instead, to, you wait for the podcast. We'll put it. No, no, we'll no, put no. you on blast on the podcast. And maybe they're a podcast listener. So I go there and they're a reseller. And not only are they a reseller, like they're a pretty big reseller. Like I mean, they sell two to three. I think they have two to three thousand items in their store. They have like two to three thousand uh, feedback, and you know they have like a ninety nine point five percent whatever feedback on their thing. And and I'm looking, and I'm like, okay. And the feedback, the negative feedback they got. And I always tell people this. I don't know why people do this, but you know how eBay gives you the option to reply to negative feedback. Mm -hmm. And I'm always, a f I always tell people, don't put anything like, what are you going to gain? Right. So on this one, the individual put, and you know, if that's you, I ask you, I think you should revise it if you're listening. <laughs> Cause I don't know. It could be somebody that listens to the podcast. Cause the end of the story will make it sound more like it's somebody that listens to the podcast. Mm -hmm. So they put, you know, this person never contacted me. Everything was fine. Right. You know, as a buyer, you're looking at that and like, okay, like why, you know, why, why even respond that way? So I you should only respond if it's like super witty and everyone's going to laugh and it's, you know what I mean? Like, and, and yeah, that, yeah, yeah. you have to be that right kind of person. Like when you go through yeah, Yelp like reviews, Twitter meme or something, right? Like, like when yeah. you go through Yelp reviews and you see like the company responds back and it's like funny. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, that makes sense. If yeah. you could do that and pull it off, but I don't think that's most people. And I, I think you're, you're probably, there's a higher chance of you failing on that than doing it well and making it where everybody looks at that and is like, you're the good guy in this. Yeah. And, and a couple of the comments were like, I messaged buyer, buyer never responded. So I'm like, why didn't you contact eBay? Mm. Right. Cause eBay is more likely to remove that negative feedback. If you contacted the buyer, you offer a refund, you try to make it right. And they never get back to you. Right. That's actually a best case scenario. If they completely ignore you and just leave you negative feedback. So I messaged the guy and, and I said, Hey, listen, uh, I think, it, you know, I'm just going to pull it up. I'm like, I think that, I think this was by mistake. You know, I'm pretty sure you didn't mean to leave this. I'm just going to read it here live on air. If my uh, Wi-Fi will work. Okay. I said, uh, saw your negative feedback about the item. You're welcome to send it back for a full refund, including shipping. See link below. I sincerely ask if you could revise the feedback to a positive as I'm unaware as to the reasoning. Thank you again for your business. Right. You always, you always want to end on positive note. Yeah. 
And so happy sandwich. <laughs> then they respond. They responded, "OMG, I am so sorry. I must have hit the wrong button. Yes, I will revise it. Please send me the link to do so. I'm very happy with the item." Uh, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Maybe that's their default is just to like put pads out on everybody. <laughs> I don't know. You know what? I didn't I didn't do the due diligence and see what uh reviews they left. I don't have the time, but maybe you know I don't, I don't know what happened. So then I said, no worries, mistakes happen. Appreciate you getting back to me. Just sent the revision request. Thank you. And then he said, got you taken care of. You're a great seller. Sorry, once again. <laughs> it could have been the wrong item too, because like maybe they bought like you know, if it's a train item or whatever, yeah, maybe yeah. they bought like eight of them from different people, different ones, you know, and yeah, it could have been they got a bad one from somebody. And then they like, Oh, oh I honestly think it was a mistake. I just, there's a part of me that thinks as a listener, like why, how do they know I'm a great seller? Well, because if you ship them the item and it was what they were looking for okay, and it maybe, came good, maybe. you know what I mean? Like if you open up five boxes of things and you're like, Oh, it's great. It's great. It's great. What? This is not what I wanted. The OMG cracked me up. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> so anyways, Hey, listen, if you get a negative feedback, it's not the end of the road. You always have the ability to make things right now you will eventually hit that wall and i know one day i may hit that wall i'm hoping that never happens but i always say this never contact ebay unless you have no choice right so this one i was like i'm not going to contact ebay i'm going to contact them if they choose not to revise it then i'm going to go through ebay seller help and i'm going to put a request and then if that gets denied then i'm going to contact ebay because i i do feel like i've said mike and i have talked about this so many times that there is something that tells you that must tell like the reps how many times you called or when you last called or whatever. All right. My, uh, my other interesting story. So I, I go to uh, my friend's house for Thanksgiving and it's, it's a huge Thanksgiving meal. I mean, I'm talking about there's probably like 30 to 40 people there. And uh, somehow like, you know, people always got to identify you somehow. Right. So they knew me. What do you do? Uh, yeah. And I was a teacher uh, to my friend way back in the day. So they knew me as that, but now they know I'm a full-time eBay seller. Man, the people coming out of the woodwork are like, hey, I have this collection. Mm. You should come check it out. Hey, I got some Mickey Mantle cards. You should come take a look at this. Hey, I got some Padre stuff. Oh, I got some collectible toys here. I have some Christmas stuff in the attic. It was wild. So I'm at this Thanksgiving and I'm like the life of the, and that wasn't the life of the party, but I felt like the life of the party. You're like doing some dancing with <laughs> no. confetti in the background. Like I'm a reseller. Yeah. No, cause I got approached probably by about five to six people wanting, asking questions about eBay. Mm. I had some, somebody who was a graphic designer going, where do you think I should sell my prints? And I was like, Hey, you should go to Etsy. It was just, it was interesting. I'm telling you five years ago, it would have been crickets. No one would have cared. Yeah. I mean, some people would think it's interesting. Um, but yeah, I think now more than ever, I, I can't tell you how many times people, usually it's the podcast that, that starts it. Like somebody, mm -hmm. you know, ask like, oh, I, you know, I got to do this thing tonight. Or they, they find out I have a podcast. Like, oh, what's your podcast about? And usually it comes up because somebody has a question about something tech related. Right. And they say like, oh yeah, I'm, you know, a musician. I'm trying to start this podcast thing. I'm like, I, I heard you have a podcast. What's your podcast about? And I'll tell them like, oh, like I, I do reselling. And then that's what they're most interested about is the mm -hmm. reselling part. Like what you resell? What? And so, yeah, people do like to hear about it. it. It's pretty amazing how many people are interested. So, yeah, let us know in the comments below. Like what it, what's been your experience with sharing with people your reseller? Do people do people ask you a ton of questions? Do people offer you things to resell um, or do people give you like a weird look like what? 
No, this was great. I, I'm telling you, like, make it your goal next year to go to a non-family member's Thanksgiving and just share your reseller. The doors will open wide with opportunity. And awkwardly just walk in like, hi, everybody. I'm uh, it's not my family and I'm here. I'm a reseller. Or just wear an eBay shirt or a Pure Russell Podcast shirt. Yeah, we're a Pure Russell Podcast shirt. Go. So... All right. So that is my, you got anything else to add to here? Nope. So, all right. Hey, if you haven't been following us uh, yet on social media, we are Pure Soul Podcast uh, across all social media, uh, except on Twitter. We are Pure Soul Cast on there. I think we're going to do more on Twitter. Mm, we should pay for the blue check mark. We should. We should now. And and Elon's actually, I think he has plans to like do more, like more long form content can go on there. Like, I, I don't know. I'm a believer. I, I believe we'll in goes, Elon. Yeah. Okay. Um. Also, uh, you can always give us a call 619-738-1170, 619-738-1170. Google has threatened to cancel our phone number. Oh, so did we, yeah, do, have we taken care of that? Give us a call just so they know that we're still yeah, alive. We, 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 we need to make a phone call with that too, I think. Yeah, we need to, we need to use I'll just text you. <laughs> yeah, text me through the. <laughs> All right, shoot us an email to podcast at gmail.com. That's podcast at gmail.com. We got a, uh, a great email from our friend uh, Warren, uh, who had let us know a little while back. Shout out to you. Thanks for sharing. Uh, you ever get those where people are like, Hey, would you be willing to take 20 or would you be willing to take 30? And you're like, Hey, I have best offer on. Why didn't they send me an offer? Mm -hmm. So uh, what they found out was, uh, he had stated that that's because most likely it's part of eBay's program of stopping bad buyers. And so if people have so many strikes on their account, they can no longer send offers or accept offers, nice. which I thought that's good info. Uh, I, I will say there's one thing I also noticed and, I think I need to talk about this later, but I'm just going to talk about it now. We have the new messaging, right? Do you remember what was the additional thing you, you would get if somebody sent you a message? It's been uh, a while. Notification? Not only notification, you would be able to send that person an offer. Oh, right, right. You can't do that hmm. on the mobile app. So I'm hoping eBay will allow that again. So now I'm thinking, should I just go desktop every time I get a message so I can send an offer? Right. So anyways, just something to think about. All right. Also, uh, if you haven't yet checked us out on YouTube, uh, jump on over. We are Pure Soul uh, Podcast. Uh, hit that bell notification, let you know when videos come. But more importantly, hit that subscribe button and smash that like button. Let people know that you enjoy the podcast. And as always, thank you to all of you that helped us out on iTunes and leave us iTunes reviews. It's really simple. I just, somebody, a friend of mine is doing a podcast and I went on there and I left a review and it literally took me probably 30 seconds at most yep. right from the five stars of sharing what it is. So uh, please help us out there. And uh, last of all, thank you to all of you that support us on Patreon and allow us to continue uh, producing content, uh, thinking, you know, long-term what we want to do. And we, Mike and I have some plans, but we just got to get to a certain place as far as support. So grateful to all of you. Again, you can go to patreon.com slash Pierce podcast or go to the link below. Uh, lowest tier is five fifty five a month. Uh, it's 18 cents a day. It uh, really helps us out uh, in, in the sense that it allows us to do so much more with the podcast and also gives you access to the Discord, which I've noticed lately the Discord has a, has a life of its own. Yeah. Right, in the early days, Mike and I always felt like we needed to interject ourselves and now it's just it's coasting. So if you want to be part of a great thriving community, uh, jump on over to Patreon, support us, and you'll get that uh, that nice bonus there. Yeah. All right. Are we ready to talk about uh, some important things? I was I was so into what you're doing. I, I totally forgot to get this ready. <laughs> it's okay. Black Friday's happened. How was it? Walmart overtakes Amazon. Bezos warning. And eBay's given us 24 pictures now. All this and more on Reseller News. 
So I posted this on Instagram and I thought, you know, we're in this place where you can't believe most headlines. Yeah. Right. There's always like a catch. There's always something. So this, this one was making the round of social media. You know, that Black Friday had online sales top nine billion dollars, a new record. And I'm like, wow. So the FOMO started kicking in. I'm like, oh, man. Like, did I miss out? Right. Like, should I have had? And then I'm reading to this. Wait, wait, let me guess. Did they count all the Black Friday sales leading up to Black Friday? No, no, no. It was all, all right. Black. Just that day. Okay. So that day there was 9.12 billion online shopping. Now, this doesn't mean it was Amazon. This doesn't mean it's eBay. Right. I And it doesn't really tell you. Right. It could. Uh, my guess is it's probably Target, Walmart, Macy's, all those. And like eBay and Amazon are, are somewhere in there. I think. Amazon's maybe mid-range and eBay's probably at the bottom. And that's just my guess. But here's what's interesting. So the overall growth, if you go... So they were looking at the Adobe Analytics, which usually they track, you know, hundreds of websites. And what I found interesting when I looked here was that the growth. So in 2020, Black Friday, right, had overall... Uh, over So the 2020 season had $188 billion in revenue right? Q4. And it was a 32% growth. Okay. Last year. Okay. So remember that year, that was the year that was the golden year of reselling. Okay. Yep, okay? Yep. And then last year there was less, I mean, there was more, sorry, there was more $205 billion of revenue in comparison to the year before that was 188 billion, but the growth was only 8.6% compared to the year before that was 32%. So four times less this year was the highest Right. And they're anticipating there's going to be $210 billion of revenue, but the growth is only 2.5%. Yeah. I mean, that's an interesting way of thinking about it when you realize that, okay, it's higher, but also if you, if you're counting in for inflation, right? Well, yeah, it negates it, all of it. Yeah. So if you're counting in for the fact that prices of everything have actually gone up and you might say like, okay, well, these certain items, TVs maybe have gone down, but like, if you're looking across the board at the items that sold, if the price of items are up 3%, but there was only a 2.5% growth. That was actually a negative, right? Like yeah. less has sold, even though the number is more. So you want to see that, that consistent growth. I mean, that's a better number. It's like you can make, I might be making more this year at my job than I made last year. But if the year before I got a 10% raise and then this year I got a 1% raise, it's like, well, you're making the most you've ever made. And it's like, yeah, but, but compared to like how my growth has been over the years, like this was actually a pretty bad year. Yeah. So my, to me, I I see it as a warning. Like it's very easy to FOMO. It's going like, I got to go out there. I got to do retail arbitrage, but the numbers, the numbers aren't there, right? The numbers are not pushing that it's going to be an amazing Q4. Now I think it'll still be a great Q4. I'm not saying that, you know, don't list, don't go out there, but here's the other number that they, they, you know, it wasn't in the headline. Let me pull it up here. And I thought this was kind of dangerous too. Many consumers embrace flexible payment plans on Black Friday as they continue to grapple with high prices and inflation. Buy now, pay later payments increased by 78% compared with the past week. Okay, not the year, just the past week. An increase of 78% beginning November 19th. And buy now, pay later revenue is up 81% for the same period. Which is like a fancy way of saying a different type of credit card. Hundred percent. Right? I mean, if you think about it, you're just you're just buying something on credit, and it reminds me. I wish we could play it. Um, if you've never seen the Saturday Night Live um, skit where it's the, I don't even remember what it's called, but like how to save money or how to budget, or whatever. And the the whole thing is, I 
I don't know how we're going to be able to afford this stuff. And the guy's like, well, here's how it works. It's the book. And it's like one page. It's like, if you don't have the money, you don't buy it. Oh, yeah. I remember that. And if you want to buy it, you save the money. And when you have the money, you buy it. And they're like, oh, this is amazing. And and that's what worries me is... But we need that simple of an explanation. Yeah. If you don't have the money. But the problem is people... I know this from... So many families are like this. My, my family growing up was like this. We were dirt poor growing up. It was pretty, pretty poor. And my parents would still try and go as all out as they could for Christmas. And so I, I've done it myself multiple times. And, and, and how did they do it? They did it on credit cards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. And so the hard part with that is when people, they, they will, instead of, it's a really hard thing to do to tell your kids like, Hey, I can't get you a, a lot of gifts this year. And some families are able to do that and say like, this year, we're just going to do a smaller Christmas and we can't afford it. Times are hard. I, inflation is hurting us. Gas prices are hurting us. But a lot of people are going to do credit cards. And the, the problem with that is it just compounds. But it takes a little while to catch up. People are like, okay, I'll just get it on, on credit card now. But the thing is, if people can't afford things now, there's a good chance they're not going to be able to afford things later. And then now they have an additional bill on top. Well, and that's my concern about reselling in 2023. Right? So there's twofold. One is... You know, somebody had asked on the Discord, like, why is that concerning as far as returns? And and the reasoning being is, you know, they the his, after the whole the euphoria, yeah. right? The mania of Christmas is done, and it's December twenty sixth, and they're like, wait, we just dropped a thousand dollars on all these items, and we're paying at this interest if we don't pay by this time. You know what? Maybe we should just return this one and this one, because the kids seem pretty happy with these over here. And we can do away with these. Or they won't return the kids' gifts, but they'll return the gifts that they got to each other, you know. Yeah, what, whatever it is. And so I'm I'm a believer that there's going to be a good amount of returns. There always is during Q4, but I think there's a potential of it being a lot higher because then people after the euphoria will go, wow, yeah, I, I don't have the money to pay these payments. And uh, it's it's just, I don't know, it's concerning. And it's also concerning to me for January. January is supposed to be typically a good month. And I, I anticipate it's going to be still a great month. Uh, but, you know, we're going to look at J- Mr. Bezos here and what he thinks here. Uh, right. Actually, yeah. Let, before we do that, I want to share one more thing. So this was interesting. Do you remember two years ago when Walmart lost a billion dollars trying to catch up with Amazon? Mm-hmm. It worked. But did it? I don't know. That looks like... I don't know if I believe that. Uh, okay, so here's what the here's what the headline says. Walmart overtakes Amazon in shoppers search for Black Friday bargains. Now, what I take from that headline, which I haven't read this article, <laughs> but is is the is the the fine print there? Because when a lot of times if you just look up an item, it comes up on Google search the item. And a lot of times it's Walmart. But are people buying from Walmart? Mm. Have they... Ha- so is it just that people like search wise, it's Walmart's coming up more or is it that they've actually sold more than Amazon? Well, I don't believe they sold more than Amazon. We'll find out eventually. But the search, uh, the search went up for to for Black Friday discounts on Walmart, 386 percent over the year, way higher than Amazon. And so, you know, let's see. Early signs show the season may not be gloomy as predicted. Oh, that's that's an interesting one. Uh, online sales climb. Okay, this is a whole stats that we just gave earlier. So yeah, they don't they don't really mention that. They're just saying that more people are going to Walmart over Amazon looking for deals. Which I, I think when I think discount, I don't think Amazon. I think Walmart. Or is that just me? 
That might just be you. Here's what I think is happening. Because again, like if I'm like, I don't know, if I type in Nintendo Switch games on Google, Walmart's going to come up and a lot of times it's third party sales sellers. But I almost never buy from them because they're either going to be more priced than Amazon. So if I'm not specifically searching on Amazon, if I'm just searching Google, then a lot of times Walmart like ads, as it were, for the item come up. Okay. So I think they're really good at marketing that. But I just don't know how many people are buying third party Walmart. No, I don't think they're buying third party Walmart. I just think they're buying from Walmart. From Walmart. Could be. I, I don't buy third party Walmart. Now, if I was a seller, I would sell on there. But yeah, no, the deal, there's just never a deal on the third party of Walmart. It's always Walmart directly. So now Jeff Bezos had some interesting things and I'm not a big fan of, you know, I just, I don't care really what Bezos or Elon Musk say about certain things, but I'm, I, you know, being that Amazon is the head of being that Bezos is the head of Amazon. I think it'd be wise to kind of take a look at what he's saying. So uh, Jeff Bezos recently warned the consumers and businesses they should consider postponing large purchases in the coming months as the global economy contends with the downturn faces of a possible recession. Uh, the, some of the advice Bezos urged people to put off expenditures for big ticket items, such as new cars, televisions, and appliances. Noting that delaying big purchases is the surest way to keep some dry powder in the event of a prolonged economic downturn. Why, why that term dry powder? Have you heard that before? Um, I don't know. <laughs> so here's, yeah. So I, I, I've heard that. So, um, the, what I wonder though is so how does Amazon do? Cause I always want to look at what's, what, it, what is their interest? What's the self-interest of the person who's saying mm -hmm. what they're saying? True, true, true. And Amazon probably sells their market is probably far more in the smaller items, items that can fit in boxes, small boxes that are shipped. And I'm sure they do pretty fine on TVs, but I bet you more TVs and obviously cars and big ticket items are being bought in brick and mortar stores. Mm. Right. So is it possible that he's saying don't buy big ticket items now because he doesn't sell as many big ticket items like that? It's possible. It's possible. I, I'm not, you know, yeah, I'm not going to say that's not possible. It, uh, Amazon said in October it expects sales for the final three months of the year to be significantly below Wall Street expectations. The weaker forecast came as rising inflation and looming recession fears weigh on consumer purchasing decisions as Americans focus more on travel and dining out and less on buying discretionary goods. Uh, the stock obviously has fallen 40%. Uh, let's see here. There's uh, Bezos said, take some risk off the table. Just a little bit of risk reduction could make the difference. Uh, maybe many may be feeling the pinch now, he added, but argued that as an optimist, he believes the American dream is and will be even more attainable in the future, projecting that within his own lifetime. And, and then he talked about space travel. Okay. So... <laughs> Yeah. He, he goes like, hold off on purchases, but by the way, we're going to space. We're going to Mars. Okay. Get but, your real estate on Mars. But I think there's wisdom in, in stacking cash right now. Right? And again, you got to have that dry powder. Yeah, I'm not a millionaire. I'm not a billionaire. But what what seems logical to me is at this point in time is, you know, running lean, right? Tightening the belt, right? Being careful about your sourcing. Right. Being cash heavy, because I do think we've had opportunities this last year to source and I've picked up a lot of good stuff. But I think it's going to be even more next year. If resellers right now are saying that they can't sell things even at major discount, you imagine what it's going to be next year. Right. If, if things now that's on the retail side, on the used secondary goods side, I haven't heard much of that. But I've heard a lot of it uh, on resellers that are selling uh, new with tags items. 
right? That people are like, hey, I can get a deal anywhere, right? So I anticipate, you know, if you have a good Q4, right, you're going to want to, you know, quickly spend it on that vacation or you might want to get that new furniture or whatever. I think it'd be wise to hold on to that and wait for those sourcing opportunities that will come by in 2023. At least that's what I'm doing. I mean, I've been buying, 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 buying. And I think it's been great. I've been able to, I've been profitable on every single garage sale, every single local deal I've made uh, in the last six months. Uh, but I do think that there's going to be greater opportunity in 2023. So as he says, that little could make the difference. I think it could, right? Even, even just if it's a few thousand to save, to be able to source for eBay, I think you'll be in a good place. I don't know. Anything you want to add to that? No, it's good. All right. Now... <laughs> Some eBay changes. I just laugh because I'm still, we got 24 pictures, but we don't have instant payment. And that's always going to like, just irk me. Yeah. Now, a lot of, I, it's interesting that I think the reselling community split on the new 24 pictures on eBay. I don't see it as a positive. I see it as it's going to take up a lot more time to take those pictures if you want to do them. Uh, and I think it's going to raise the standard where things were just fine before. And I, I don't think, know. I think it's, I don't think it's going to be a negative. I think, okay. I think you can just keep doing what you're doing. If it's, if, if what you're doing works, right. If, if 12 pictures is enough for you to get the, the items, I don't think eBay is going to optimize your search. I, hope not. I don't think they will because I think it's one of those things like it's available to use if you need it, but it's still going to take space for them. It's going to take data. Like they're That's not going to want, they're not going to want every single item that they have listed to have 24 pictures because then they have to store that data. They've got to pay for that storage. So I think it's one of those things where it's beneficial for some items. It might help certain items sell. And so, yeah, I can think of a handful of items I have where it's like, yeah, it would be nice to be able to have more pictures to be able to take. Uh, but I don't, I, I doubt they're going to require it for every item. Like, I don't think it's going to be like the, the things that they want you to go and put in item specifics. Like you've got 374 items that need additional pictures. I, I don't think that's going to happen. Well, the rule of thumb right now is at least three pictures. Yeah. Right. So I'm just hoping it doesn't go to like at least six pictures or at least nine. But I think most you know? resellers are already doing more than three anyways. Yeah, I don't know. I just like keeping it my cosmetic wear throughout. Please see pics. But again, see pics and if you can't if you can't take pictures of all the angles, right? I've n I haven't had an issue yeah. in ten years. All right. Now I thought this was interesting. This is I, I don't know why this is happening now. And so people in the Discord have had problems with this because they haven't been able to do international shipping. So eBay right now in the middle of Q4 is switching people over to the new international uh, eBay international shipping. Okay, now you're wondering why? What is this? What's the big deal? The simplest explanation is it's basically global shipping, but to more hubs. So there's more places to ship. Now, I found a chart and I thought this chart did a great job of explaining it. And I, I, this is a benefit. I'm glad eBay is doing this. I think we should it's just put a good. link to the chart in the description. We'll do, I, I didn't say that because we always say that. And then sometimes we don't. All right. So I, I just want to share with everybody. So, but it's hard to explain the chart, right? What, what, what's the key thing that eBay international shipping does that global shipping so does? So here's the biggest plus, which I don't know. So there's a dark side of this. I don't want to go down, but eBay says that eBay will accept international returns, but that the seller keeps the sale on anything. Now, you know where I could go with this, yeah. right? So 
how will eBay prevent themselves from fraud? Not my problem, but I, I think it's great. This is actually like the glory days. I feel of, like it's already like that with global shipping for the most no, part. No, it's changed. It's become more difficult. Has it? Now, the early days of global shipping was like this, where pretty much everything was like, oh, we'll take care of you. It seems like they're going back to it. And eBay, we're grateful because, you know, 99% of eBay sellers are legit, honest people, I believe. Right. They're not trying to get one over on individuals. So I think that's great. There's no international selling fees. So that's going to save us a few bucks. There's reduced shipping costs for buyers. So obviously that means technically there should be more sales, right? Because that's one of the complaints I get is, man, global shipping so much. Can you do, you know, a different way of shipping? Uh, seller protections for claims and chargebacks on items not received. So the, the chargeback thing, that's a great thing. Have you ever had to deal with those? I don't think so. So I've had like four or five of those. And it's like, I'm, I'll never forget. I shared this story podcast ago where a guy in Russia, it showed that the boots arrived, but he said he was scared to go to the post office because he thought the right. government was looking for him. And then he did it. And then so I got my money back from eBay, but then he did a chargeback with a Russian bank or something. And so I had to wait oh, six right. months to get my money back. Right. According to this, that should not happen anymore. And I think that was one of the biggest flaws, even though here on this chart, it says that eBay global shipping protected you. I, I no, it didn't do that for me, but this is what's happened now. Uh, sellers only ship to a domestic hub. eBay manages international shipping. That is great. Listen, if you're not shipping globally, you got to do it on eBay. Like it's, it's simple. Okay. Uh, there's now it's going to go to 200 countries. I don't know how many countries it was before. Uh, and then, uh, you know, uh, everything else. eBay takes care of the paperwork, seller protections, and negative neutral feedback and seller standards. So you're golden. Like it, there should be no excuse for you not doing eBay international shipping. So I'm hoping that everybody will get this soon. There are some people that were saying that they they're in this weird like in between phase where they don't have global shipping, but they don't have international shipping in the transition. I don't know who. I don't know how many people are experiencing that, but if you already do international shipping, it should automatically switch over. You don't have to do anything and you should be good to go. So I'm excited about this. I think it's great. So man, if we, we can definitely get more international sales, those are my best sales. Always my high dollar sales, the non-problem sales. Okay. One more eBay thing. I thought this was interesting. So do you, how has whatnot been attracting a lot of people to whatnot? Well, I don't know if it's what's attracting them to them, but it, their format is the uh, live auction, right? Live auction, but they've also been getting celebrities, right? Like, yeah, they're good marketing, right? They did like a Post Malone thing. They did like NFL players, did like a Super Bowl thing. They did all this, all these different things. And I think eBay is trying to do that with their eBay Live. So they started with the big like card breakers and collectible people. And then I just saw Craigslist Center did a video. It was all about how exciting eBay Live was going to be, right? And 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 Pete brought up a great thing I didn't know. And obviously, he has, I think he has more insider information. He, if he's been invited to be one of the beta testers, right, that's going to, you know, show, the, show off the platform, then obviously they're giving him information. But he had mentioned, I thought this was great, that when an eBay Live happens, you know how whatnot, do you get whatnot? Do you have whatnot on your phone? I do, but I've turned off notifications. Right, but the notifications are get kind of annoying. But you know, it's like check out, you know, turn to comics yeah. selling, you know, right now, right? So 
it seemed that P was saying that if you sell certain items, the alert's going to go to all the people that like the algorithm has picked up on buying those kinds of items. Mm. Right. So for instance, if I sell Hawaiian shirts, right. Or let's say it gets specific to like rain spooner, like how many thousands of people are going to get reached? I hope that's true. Yeah. If that's true, that's a positive, right? The problem with whatnot is that it might reach out to people, but it's only going to reach out to maybe a hundred people and you'll get maybe 10 or 20. But eBay, being that they have, you know, over a hundred, they have 186 million buyers, right? Even if they reach out, let's say 10,000, right? And you get 1% of that, you're going to get a hundred people, right? So I'm excited about that. I think it's great. The other side though, about eBay live, I have major concerns that it's going to bring prices way down. I think whatnot's already been doing that. It's, it's brought the whole reselling market and what things sell for way down because they're selling, people are selling things for super cheap. And since things are selling for super cheap, resellers are buying them and they're selling them for cheaper because their cost wasn't as high. So we'll see what happens. But uh, I look forward to seeing Pete do this uh, eBay live here soon. Yeah, it's good. See how it goes. All right. And that is our, uh, that's our reseller topics. Yeah. Now for the segment that everybody's been waiting we're going, for. We're going long today. Yeah. <laughs> What's your bolo? All right. So my bolo is uh, I've got a baby on the way. Right. So I've been looking up baby stuff on offer up. That's one of those those categories that I've like found some interesting things. And I know we're always a little leery with baby things. Typically don't touch them when it comes to like selling on eBay. However, there's a huge market. I know you sold like some Bob strollers and things like mm-hmm. that. So there's a market for strollers. Um, I talked about up a baby, um, but I've realize there's a huge market for um and i don't know if this is like just california laws but the california laws for car seats are pretty crazy like kids are pretty much in oh, car yeah. seats until they're 18 and um <laughs> it's really hard with like we have a pretty good size suv like we have a an outback and even with that now to have to try and get three car seats in the back seat like it they, they don't fit you so your options are buy a bigger car right, right. like basically get like a minivan or a uh, suburban those are back or they make like really really low profile um car seats by a company called uh diono i think diono is the, the the brand and so i was looking those up and i realized these sell new for anywhere from three to five hundred dollars because wow. they're like super low profile super safe um and the nice thing with car seats is they have expiration dates on them and if they've been in an accident, I think they're confiscated. So I, I don't even think like you have to worry about that. Oh, yeah. I bumped another car like in a parking mm-hmm. lot and the insurance company had to give me money for a new car seat. Right. So um, the nice thing is a lot of times those kinds of car seats and things, kids grow out of them. And a lot of times those ones, especially the really nice ones, come with lots of like attachments or like headrests and things like the the covers. There's various cup holders that attach to them. And I've realized that these go for, you know, three, $400 new, $500 for like the higher models and on offer up because people will have them for six months, their kid outgrows them or whatever happens, they get a new car and they end up wanting to sell them. And for whatever reason, certain things people want to get top dollar for, I paid $300 for this. I need 250 for it. But I found a ton of, yeah. of these Dionos. And then also like there's a, a baby like swing thing that's really popular. Uh, it's like called Four Moms. Uh, I think they it's like an electronic one. It's like super fancy, space age looking. And when you get these on OfferUp, Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, you tend to be able to get these at a fraction of the price. Like I'm talking 
$45, $50, you can pick these up. And a lot of times the components alone, you can sell on eBay for 45, 50 bucks, a couple of headrests or the cover. So it's, it's work. And if you want to do local, I mean, uh, you, you could buy out your market, right? Buy all mm. the, 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 the Diono car seats that are for 50 bucks and sell them all for 150. And yeah. people are still getting them at a good deal. So the reason it's a bolo is you just got to find the things people are looking for. And if you see that in your market, they're selling under like well under what they could be reselling for even locally, pick them up. So my question to you is, so you're selling the car seats and the accessories? Yes. Okay. All right. So, I, I mean, we talked about this, like sell at your own risk. Right. I wouldn't right. sell them on eBay. This would this is it's local just to strictly local offer only. up. Yeah. Local, okay, local okay. only. All right. But I, the reason I asked that, because you can safely sell like the accessories to some of this right. and make good money, right? Depending on the brand. It kind of reminds me of, I, I think I've mentioned this before, like Igloo Cooler. It's not related to the car seats. Well, Igloo Cooler has like this armrest thing. And I think if you find one of those, like you can sell them for like 100 to 180. That's a free bolo. Okay. And now a lot of people know about those, but if you find them on a garage sale, they're good to look up. So, all right. Yeah. I, I hear you. Like, listen, when, when you're having children, you're trying to buy things at a deal, right? Because you also know you're not going to have them that long. So there definitely is a market for that. Yeah. I mean, if you got, if, if you go to a third kid and you have to replace all three of these car seats, <laughs> oh, you're looking at at least a thousand dollars in car I seats. Agree. Yeah. Right. It's like buy a new car, pay a thousand dollars in car seats or get them for 50 bucks a piece. You pay 150. Right. So people are willing to, to, to buy them like that or even selling them half price. Like I, I'd be willing to pay 150 for a $300 car seat if it's, you know, still got several years before it expires. But yeah, the components, like just the pieces alone can often, if you can pick one up for 50 bucks and sell two or three pieces for 30, $40 a piece, it's a, it's a win. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So mine is an interesting one. So I know Peloton's been in the news. I know Peloton, like the stock is tanked. The bikes are dropping. They're not as popular, but something that is popular, Peloton shoes. I can't hold on to a pair for more than 24 hours. Nice. The moment I pick them up, I know I'm going to sell. And so, you know, especially now that we're getting to, you know, January and everybody's going to go to the gym or maybe somebody's going to get a Peloton bike. You know, I, I don't know what it's going to be, but definitely keep an eye. They're pretty. All you have to do is eBay search them. Once you know what they look like, it's going to be easy. And cleats, non-cleats, they sell well. If they have condition issues, they're kind of like, remember cycling shoes back in the day? Like it didn't matter the condition. People, as long as it was carbon, carbon bottom, fiber, yeah. people were all about buying them. So keep an eye, keep an eye out for Peloton shoes. Yeah. All right. Also, you need to keep out for our uh, our Skull Shaver domes. Yeah, so, so, so Skull Shaver was kind enough. And uh, they dropped off some uh, Skull Shaver uh, beanies here for us. Yeah, these and beanies I, are super sweet because if you're bald, if you use a Skull Shaver to make sure you've got the cleanest dome possible and that it's nice and shaved down. It, when it's getting cold outside, a lot of heat escapes through the top. So we got these <laughs> nice uh, Skull Shaver beanies. But yeah, Skull Shaver is a great product to use in order to you know get that really clean look on your head. You got to look good. You got the holidays coming up. You're going to see those family members you haven't seen in a while. Uh, maybe, maybe you can't, you know, you're like, I don't want to spend this money on myself. Drop some hints, right? To family members like, Hey, you know, if you're looking for Christmas ideas, uh, I listen to this podcast and the guys are bald and they love Skull Shaver. You know, you could use, uh, uh, the promo code hustle capital H and you'll get a good deal or go to the link below. That's right. I mean, either way, either way, go there, get that gift. They're a great gift. I'm telling you, I can use my Skull Shaver every other day. Right, because the shave is so close, so smooth. I don't need to share. It. You can use it every day, yeah. and uh, it's a great tool. So definitely, definitely check out 
skull shaver. I'm gonna keep my on. I, I, I'm gonna take mine off because I, I I took my headphones off and I couldn't even uh, hear. I'm was like, it weird? Is it, is it working right? Is my <laughs> is the podcast working? Okay, all right, all right. Hey, so what are you looking forward to here, Mike? Um, I'm I'm looking forward to. We still um we haven't talked about that whatnot auction we had in a while, but we still have a ton of uh, oh my hard good inventory uh, that we, we have hundreds gone of through. items still. So um I'm actually looking forward to sourcing through our own inventory that we already have that I haven't even looked at yet. So uh, that's that's something. Because I haven't gone to garage sales in a while, I'm I'm looking for that thrill. The nice thing is we already own all the stuff. So we do. It's just, it's like, just been sitting in oh, my look, place. A bag of Legos. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Actually, we should we should list some of those Legos. That's right. Like because there's there's money there. Uh, I'm anything else you wanted to add? No, that's it. So I'm I'm gonna keep listing. Here's the thing. Q4 is here. There's plenty of opportunity. You know, even though I know sometimes it sounds like things are going to be slow, things are going to be great. I think there's going to be great opportunity, especially in the next two weeks. Don't stop. Keep listening. Keep going. I'm going to keep trying to stack capital because I definitely believe there's going to be great opportunity in 2023. So I want to get those sales. I want to be inventory light so I can recharge when 2023 hits. And keep that dry powder, man. Keep the drive Uh and I, I want to enjoy the holidays. This is the first Q4 where I'm not out traveling in a van. I want to get more invested, in, you know, in my community and and be able to, you know, do some things, you know, of giving into the community. So I'm looking forward to that. So hopefully, all of you are having a great time with family and friends, uh, just out there enjoying these holidays, but also making that dough. And with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling plates. Peace. <laughs>